Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're joined by coach and consultant, Ibeth Ramos Ayala. Ibeth is an Ericsson International Trained Coach who specializes in helping people identify and achieve their personal goals. She's the founder of Celebrate Your Potential, a program established to provide no-cost coaching to victims of domestic violence. She's also the director of Ayala Consult, where she helps C-level executives, managers, and entrepreneurs connect with their inner innovator. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working. Well, who am I? I am a little world traveler. I am a Mexican national. I was born and raised in Mexico. And at the age of 10, I moved to the U.S. with my parents. I lived there until I was 26, 27. And I later moved to Germany. So my background in terms of education is I studied international business. And part of my degree was to study in another country, in another language. And because I am fluent in Spanish and English, I decided to go to Germany and spend a full year studying there. Um, I loved it. I love learning about new cultures. I love learning about new people. And I lived there for a while, a good four years. After that, my husband and I moved to the UK. So I lived there for five years and I am now living in Canada. Oh, wow. You are a world traveler. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I do when I'm not coaching or doing my consulting is, believe it or not, since I moved to Canada and I found out how long the winters are, I decided to learn how to make quilts. Oh, wow. So I've been doing quilting classes for about six months now. I also have uh, my babies. I have two dogs and I spend time with them. I play with them. I cuddle with them on the sofa. <laughs> um, and because I'm so far away from my beautiful Mexico, the other thing I love to do when I'm not doing my work is cooking Mexican food. Well, that's two things that I absolutely love. I've got four dogs myself, so I enjoy my dogs and I enjoy Mexican food, all sorts of food. I just, I love to, to try new things. So that sounds, all of that sounds very, very appealing to me. <laughs> well, whenever you're hungry and you want more cuddles with dogs, my there you is go. Open. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Now, you know, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our interview is going to talk a little bit about your journey. How long have you been coaching and how did you get into it in the first place? Well, I'll tell you how I got into it, because that will lead into how long I've been coaching. In 2007, as I said, I was in Germany studying, and I held a student visa only, so I wasn't allowed to work. But, you know, having lived in the U.S. for so many years and always going to school and working, I was bored out of my mind. So I decided to contact one of my instructors at the university. She is um, from New York. She is an intercultural communications consultant and lecturer. And I just told her, hey, what if I help you out in your practice? What if I do research 
um, you don't have to pay me. Well, you can't pay me, <laughs> but, but it would, it would do me good and you get something. It'll be like a unpaid internship and I would love to do it. And, you know, we met a couple of times. She, she liked my style. She liked what I was about and she decided to give it a go. She's also a coach and that was my first contact with coaches. So it was a good, you know, almost 10 years ago. And I loved the conversations we would have. I loved the space that she would give me, even though she wasn't coaching me. It was almost like it's, we adapt. We kind of, you know, as coaches, we adapt. We, be, we, we learn, we appreciate how valuable it is to ask a question and then just allow the other person to have a chance to think about it. So with her, I started as an intern research. And as time went by, I became... Um, an associate of hers. So she started training me with consulting. Right. And that's when it all started for me. I, you know, I realized that she was a good consultant, but she had that extra layer of something. Hmm. And after a couple of, of months, I realized that extra something is, is the coaching. Right. You know, so that's how I got into it. In 2012, 13, I started working for a leadership and development firm in the UK, in Oxford. And they did a lot of consultancy and they did a lot of uh, coaching and uh, designing of programs. So I, this is, this is hilarious because I decided when I moved to England, I'm going to no longer be self-employed. I'm no longer going to be a consultant. I want to go back to work. I want to be in an office and, and, you know, and do my stuff there. So I found a job as a project manager and you know what ended up happening? My clients were always so happy and so satisfied with the level of professionalism that I managed their projects. And they said, you just do more than project management. Well, my sneaky habits, what was happening is I was consulting and coaching at the same time. Ah, mm -hmm. Which is why the, my projects were very well managed, very well delivered. The programs that we designed, um, they were excellent, you know, and I'm not one to brag, but I have learned that when you do a good job, and it's not you thinking that you did it, but it's people saying to you, darn, that was really good. Man, you're doing this good. Don't leave. Stay with us. Then I start to realize this is not my words. This is, you know, the people, my clients telling me that it's good. So right. I guess it was 2013, 14 that I realized that I started applying my coaching skills, what I had picked up from my mentor in Germany. And I was using that in everyday conversations. So the reason the, the projects went really well is because when I was talking to my clients and they would say, Yvette, this is the project we want you to manage. This is the program we want you to help us design. I wasn't just saying, okay, when does it have to be done? We know what's the budget. I was getting into what mattered. I would ask them, well, what's the purpose of this? What do you want to achieve with this? Who's your audience? What do you want them to take away from this? In an ideal world, how do you envision this program being successful? And that was what I was bringing in that other project managers were not bringing in. And I realized then <laughs> I was born to be self-employed and I was born to go out and not just have, you know, not just manage a project, but I was born to consult my client, connect in so many different levels to make that even more successful. Right. That's, that's really interesting because I rarely hear of someone who started out as an entrepreneur and then decided to go and get a corporate job. <laughs> so I think that's I a little against the grain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
Um, it was fun, don't get me wrong, but I miss, you know, when I was there in Oxford with this organization and I had my clients and I had multinational clients, you know, I was working with people in Qatar, in Germany, in Italy, in the US, um, Colombia. But, you know, I miss, I miss saying they were my clients. And when I decided to, to go back to, you know, being an entrepreneur again, the director of the firm was very open to it. She said, okay, well, you know, we appreciate what you've been doing. Would you stay working with us? And I did. I did. They were, they became then my client and their clients became, you know, my clients by, by default. But right. I loved it. That's, that's how it all got started, really. Now, one thing that that we that I seem to come across a lot is when people start their business, it doesn't always just go smoothly. You know, there's always some ups and downs, even if, you know, the, the work you're doing is is the most passionate thing, you know, to you. There's still ups and downs. Can you tell us about maybe a big disappointment that you experienced when you were building up your business? Oh, yes, of course. You're right. There's. There's so many of those little, you know, bumps on the road. So the biggest one I found, and I think many of us entrepreneurs find that, is finding our clients. God, it's so difficult. You know, I, especially I went from having a full-time job to switching over. And of course, that cut down my hours. You know, luckily, I still had that firm as a client now. But then what else? You know, I didn't have many things. You know, the clients knew me because I was an employee of that firm. Um, right. And I realized, uh, <laughs> hmm, this was all fun and great when the idea came about, but now I don't have any clients. <laughs> so that's the biggest thing, you know. Um, and then it's when that, when that appears, it's not even just that. It's the fact that with that comes a lot of fear and a lot of doubt. Mm, yeah, that's true. Once it's almost like you you had everything built up really good as a coach. You decided to to go back into corporate, and then when you went back into entrepreneurship, just not being able to have that full roster, it it starts to get in your head, and you start to think, you know, is this me? Is is no one going to come? How do you get over something like that? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, uncertainty shows up and it doesn't show up alone. If I could describe it in a way of, of how I picture it, it's like it shows up and it comes in with a suitcase and it opens the suitcase and that comes insecurity and self-doubt and frustration. And, you know, those little words that some of us may have heard growing up. Well, why did you do this? See, that wasn't very smart, now was it? Well, you had something safe. Why did you have to change it? You know, and then it's like, oh my God, what did I do? Why am I doing this? This is so frustrating. And, you know, then you have options there. You can either let it take you and make your worst enemy out of yourself, or you just have to pause and be like, all right, what, what are the facts here? What do I really, really have? And then decide, okay, even then you have more options. You can say, well, now that I know what I have in front of me, I get to choose. I go back to having a full-time job. Or I continue this a little bit longer. And the more you start looking at things from a detached position, the more doors open with more options. And the easier it is then to, to start, you know, I guess in a sense what I started doing was I started coaching myself out of that. Sure. You know, it's like, okay, but what? Yeah, because, you know, what's the point of me going out and having these transformational conversations with my clients if I can't do it with myself? That's a, a great point. So... 
but that was the biggest um yeah it was disappointing it was it was sad it was hard it was oh man I remember just I was the hardest person on myself. You know, my husband was very supportive and saying, you know, you can do this. <laughs> It's going to be fine. And I kept thinking, you don't know. You don't know what's going through my head. What are you talking? You have a full-time job. What are you saying? And it's, it's hard. I wouldn't say horrible, but it's scary. It's just really scary. Right. So what did you do to start to get some momentum from that point? Well, I started thinking, well, okay, well, what do I want? What is it? Again, I kind of started coaching myself because I did say, okay, well, what, what, what's bothering me here? Is it that I don't have clients or is it that I may fail? And is it really failure to whose definition? So what I started thinking is I started remembering something. I am a domestic violence survivor. And since I left that relationship and I became who I am now, I promised myself a couple of things. One, I was never, ever going to let anyone disrespect me or take anything away from me that was mine, which was my beliefs, my truth. The other thing is, after I left and I did my own thing, I started working at a shelter for domestic violence victims. And when I left, I worked there for about two years. When I left, I promised myself, one day I'm either going to have my own shelter or I'm going to be a director of a shelter, but I'm never turning my back on my tribe. These are my people. I know what they're going through because I've been there right? So when I stopped and I thought about this, I thought, well, what I've always been wanting is to figure out a way to have that, to be able to do more than just business. I want to provide, I want to do something for this, you know, sadly, it's mostly women. And I, have, I was having a conversation with my husband and I said, you know what, having worked in that firm in Oxford, I have a network of about 80 certified coaches. That's a lot of coaches that I can work with. And I told him, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to focus my energy on, even if I can't coach, I'm going to do project management, I'm going to do consulting, and I'm going to earn money. And with that money, I am going to set up a program so that we can offer life coaching for free at clients of domestic violence shelters. That's what I'm going to do. And I was, I'll never forget it. It was in the kitchen and I was telling my husband, I'm going to do that. The only thing I'm concerned about is, will my associates be open to do this for free? I may have to pay them something, at least their travel expenses. And my husband threw one question at me. Why don't you do it yourself? And I said, oh, silly man, <laughs> because I've been doing coaching, but I'm not certified. And I want these people, these women to be supported by a certified coach because it will also open the doors to the shelters. The shelters will most likely work with us if we are actually certified instead of just, you know, years of experience of coaching. And he said, the next best question. Right. Why don't you become certified? And that's when everything turned for me. I said to him, I don't know. I never thought about it. And that was between, I don't know, four, six weeks before we made the transition from the UK to Canada. So I, um, I started looking at programs. I started going crazy. And that gave me that extra push that I needed. That it was almost like going on a line, walking. And then suddenly you lose focus and you're just trying to get to somewhere and you don't even know where you're trying to get to. And having that space and that time for myself to ask myself, why, why, why am I actually doing this? It brought back all the balance and all the focus. And I was able to walk on that line without, you know, my self doubts that I had earlier, they were gone because I knew I was going to do something because I was open and flexible for anything. Because if I wouldn't try it, how would I know if it would work? And it worked. Right. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know, if you're really having a hard time, if you're struggling, 
in your business or, or in life to put the focus on doing something for someone else and put your focus on giving back. And it almost sounds like that when you did that, when you took the focus off of the struggles that you were having and turned that around and you put the focus on how can I help these people, these women that I've always wanted to help, but it's just never been the right time or the right circumstances. It seems like when when you did that, things started to align and things started to to just open up and and appear almost. Yeah, it, it you're right, you know, for some of us the motivation is someone else. For some of us the motivation is ourselves. What I noticed when I was doing that when I was thinking about them and how much I wanted to help them, I started to discover that that's because I believe that's my purpose, to help them, to support them. And I realized, hey, that is what I'm here to do. So why am I going to let this little doubt get in the way? There's more than one way to get there. You know, it's it's almost like I have met people who, you know, say they want to do coaching and they only want to do the coaching and focus on the coaching only and just do the coaching. And I'm thinking, well, try other things, you know, try what else can you do? And why can you implement that and build that in into a coaching? You know, it doesn't always have to be one thing. You can start off by having a little bit of this and a little bit of that and then go further. And as you see it grow, then you can decide, you know, now I'm ready to just focus on the coaching. So let's let go of the other stuff. Um, very few people that I know, and this is just people I know, have been able to say, I want to be a coach, I'm going to cut everything out, and I'm just going to focus on the coaching. Very few people that I know have done that. Most of the people I know have either had a job and did a smooth transition into coaching. Um, And nowadays, a lot of them are connecting that to their passion, to their purpose. And, you know, that definitely helps. So for me, that was... That was a big tipping point, you know, where all of a sudden things looked clearer. All of a sudden there were options and possibilities and I was flexible. I knew I wanted to get to Z and I was, let's say, at C or D. For the first time in my life, I realized that I could get to it, not in the order that one would expect, like D, E, F, G, H, you know. I realized, hey, I can actually get to Z by jumping to X and coming back to K and then going back to R and then... As long as I get to where I want to go and I stay focused on that, that's all that matters. That's something when when we think about success and like you said, you know, you, you stay focused on that outcome. You know, a lot of times the milestones or the goals don't necessarily come in that A, B, C, D, you know, connect the dots in a straight line sort of order. They're a little bit more random and a little more chaos thrown in. But in the end, when we look back and we say, you know, I have achieved this level of success, you know, there there usually are certain milestones that we've reached or certain goals that we've achieved. So tell us about something that you would consider to be your favorite achievement or just the a really big win that you've experienced? Oh, so I have to, only because I'm always wearing these two hats of, you know, my everyday business where I try to make money and then my business of purpose where I go and give things without having any money in return, which is my Celebrate Your Potential program. Um, so for, in terms of, you know, making an income, I would say it was recently, it started last year, actually, October I was asked if I could project manage the the startup of a innovation lab in Toronto. 
They wanted to, you know, start it in February. It was October. They thought, you know, we need someone to help us stay focused. You know, we hear that when you do project management, you actually consult and coach people through it. So, you know, can you help us out? And I said, okay, let's do it. So I became involved. And as a result of that, they wanted to launch the innovation lab. They wanted to open it February 1st. And we did. In between, I also, through conversations, the co-founders decided that they wanted to do another event before the actual opening. And we did that as well. And when I was talking to them about the purpose, you know, why are you guys doing this? If I may ask, I mean, what's the point of this insured tech innovation lab in Toronto? They explained to me, you know, we want people to make insurance better. We want people to come over into this and that. And, you know, it's all about innovation. And I said to them, do you know that innovation is actually really frustrating? And if you want people to come to your lab and then they will go back to their, you know, everyday offices, they might feel frustrated. Hmm, we didn't think about that. So I said, what if we work together and you allow me to work with your innovators and, and coach them? That way they can have a smooth transition. That way they can understand the process. That way when they go back to their offices, they have, there's meaning behind it. It's not just like, oh, we went to camp, we're back. Oh, now it's boring. And that was a big win for me. They said, yes. They said, let's do it. And now I've been, I'm a partner of the lab. I have um, team coaching sessions every Friday with a team of innovators. It's I, it's amazing. It's amazing because there are people from different insurance companies who are normally competing and they come to work together. And it makes me proud because they they see, I'll tell you, last week I had an introduction session with one of the members and she said to me, at the end of the session, I asked her what was the value of our conversation for her. And she said, I had, I didn't know what to expect from you. And I said, Oh, okay. She said, one of the other members said to me, um, I asked him, what does Beth actually do here as an innovation coach? She said, and the guy said to me, let me put it this way. When Beth is around, everything falls into place and everything makes sense. When Beth is not around, we lose our focus and we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, wow, that's a huge compliment. I know. And I was thinking, okay, I'm making a difference here too. I like this. So that was a big win for me. You know, having gone from, like I said, it was supposed to be a contract for project management and some consulting, and it led into a partnership at the lab. Um, so that was, that was a big thing, you know, especially moving to Canada. I've only been here a year. So it's, it's big for my celebrate your potential. That was a big win. Um, coaching, you know, victims and listening to them, hearing them during our sessions tell me, oh, I bet this was a great session. I've been to counseling, I've been to therapy, and it has all helped. But this, this pushed me even further. That, ah, there's no value I can put to that. That just, that just makes me happy. Do you work with people in that program? Is that an online program? Or do you work with local shelters and, and organizations to connect with those people that need your coaching? Both. Um, so because I'm a little traveler and I move all over the place, I have learned that distance doesn't mean anything, especially nowadays that we have Skype and WhatsApp and Facebook. And oh my gosh, we could not have lived in a better time to live apart from people than now. So I do with the locals. I go to, to the shelters and I give a presentation about what coaching is. And the program directors will usually uh, allow me to have a coaching session with them so that they experience what I'm about, my style and, you know, my techniques and my, 
exercises that I bring. After that, they actually get to decide if they want me to just offer one-to-one sessions or sometimes they'll say we're having, you know, some challenges with the women in the shelter because, as, you know, I don't know how much you know, but when they're in the shelter, they have to share a lot. They have to share, you know, the living space. They have to share their cooking space. They all have their own private bedrooms, but when it comes to eating or, you know, watching TV, they all have to share that, that communal space. Um, and if they're struggling with that, they'll ask me to come in and do a group session. And the group session, what I do is, you know, there's six, seven ladies and, and I coach them through that, you know, um, why they're there, how can they benefit from being there? And what, the, what happens is even though they know a lot of this stuff, they don't think about it. It doesn't resurface until I ask the questions. And what they also discover, interestingly enough, same as with my innovators from the lab, that even though they all come from different stories, different types of experience, they all have a lot in common. And they all want to work then towards that greater purpose, towards that focus. With the lab, what they want to work is they want to achieve a solution for a problem. With the shelter, the ladies realize we're all here for one purpose, to become stronger and go find and start our lives on our own. And then it makes sense. Um so yeah, so I do that. If it's long distance, I'll do the same thing. But I tell you, I gotta love Skype. The the shelters will put me up on a screen on Skype and I do the presentation. And once they decide to do uh, one-on-one coaching, then I give them the details. They send me their numbers if they use WhatsApp and we use WhatsApp or we use um, Skype for the one-to-one sessions. You know, it it sounds like you have a lot going on, but at the same time, everybody always continues to set goals for themselves, continues to, you know, want to do more, want to achieve more. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? You're right. I do have a lot of things going on. But as you said that I was thinking, but the root is the same. I I've, I could envision it as a tree. The root is the same. It's a purpose. It's about connecting with people and supporting them the best I can while I'm alive. The, you know, the, the trunk is going to grow. And that's my solid foundation. And I build that based on my experience, based on my training, based on my network. And the branches symbolize all the different things that I do, whether it's the innovation branch, my celebrate your potential branch, my team coaching branch, my one-on-one coaching branch, or even the consulting branch. Um, and what I'm most excited about coming up next is I've been thinking a lot about spiritual coaching. I do meditation. I started that about two years ago. And I have another peer coach. She and I, you know, we coach each other for different reasons. A lot of it is to, you know, if we have a new exercise we want to practice, we we talk about it and then we we coach each other through that exercise. And she's also a very spiritual person in terms of meditation and such. And we both have realized how much we enjoy when we do our coaching sessions and we bring in that meditative aspect to it. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I don't think that I have spoken with a spiritual coach yet. So that's, that's a very, that's very interesting. I know that there's a lot of people that, that are interested in meditation. A lot of people do it as, you know, as maybe part of a morning routine, something like that. You don't really think about you know, going to someone to it to learn how to deepen that that aspect of your life. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and this came to me also when I did I did a mindfulness training mm-hmm. course, and through that mindfulness, I I discovered how much that supported my meditation, and 
it was just you know it was awesome it, it's it has a lot to do mostly with the language that we use right you know it's like with business coaching you kind of have to use the same language as your client which is all about business and um, with parenting you kind of have to also focus on the parenting aspect of it and that's basically what the whole conversation is going to to be driven by with the spiritual coaching i said to my friend um this it was amazing we finished the session and and i just let it go you know i just kind of followed my my gut as one would say and when we finished i said to her was that okay i mean that was new we haven't done this before <laughs> and she said it was great you know there was a, a deeper level of connection between her and i so between the coach and the client and there's just it's like you said you know it, you discover session by session conversation by conversation so much more about yourself if that's what you're into you know so so it's um I'm excited about that. Yes, that sounds intriguing and interesting. It's it, it's going to be something really fun to develop, I think. Yes, I mean, I have a list of things I want to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> blogging is my next big thing as well. Um, I've been holding off on blogging because it's, you know, sometimes I think I'm a little bit old school when it comes to this because it took me forever to publish my website. I was like, no, then people are going to know. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's too much about me. Um, and I did it. And, and now blogging is my next thing. I have a couple of blogs already lined up to be published. And, you know, the more I connect with people, the more they tell me, oh, you should write a blog about that. And I'm like, okay. So I think it's time, you know, that it's now it's the time. I've been thinking about it for years. I think it's, it's. I wouldn't say now, now, like today, but the time is, <laughs> is approaching little by little. Um, and I want to do the similar program that I have for, for women to celebrate your potential. I right. want to have that for young people and for children to stop the cycle of, of violence. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a lot, you have a lot coming up. You just have to choose which one to focus on first, I guess, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And you know, the best thing is I'm learning. Um, I'm not alone in this. I have associates that want to work with me. So that just makes it that much easier to make all of this come true. Yes, absolutely. That's That's a good point that when you... You know, all of that's really connected, you know, the idea of, you know, starting, starting a blog, getting, putting yourself out there more, you know, like you said, when you started that website, you felt like, oh, the spotlight's sort of on me now, uh, you know, and that's good in a way because it allows people to connect with you. It, it allows you to, to deepen relationships. And then, you know, you have this part of your business that, that that's what you want. You want relationships with people. You want that connection so you can have more people around you that can help, you know, that, that also share the desire to, to help this nonprofit that, that you're, that you're working with, you know, to help these people with the coaching. So it all, it's all sort of, uh, goes hand in hand in a way. That you got it. Now we're going to shift the conversation just a little bit. We're going to talk a little more about business. Now, one thing that I like to stress to coaches, and you've already proven it just with the conversation so far, there are a lot of ways, online and offline, to make a living as a coach. So can you tell us just in a nutshell, how are you generating your revenue in your business today? So yes, you, you know, <laughs> you got it. And I said it earlier. So I do some of the consulting work. I never let go of the coaching. I think everything complements each other. And that was, that's what's bringing value. And that's why people remember me. Um, you know, so putting everything together, nobody said we have to separate everything. So that's what I do. Hey, I'm a good project manager. People know I'm that. If they need my help, I'm there. I'm 
great at consulting, whether it's intercultural management or, you know, as just general business, since that is my background, I'm there for that too. If they want to do um, meeting facilitation, I do that as well, especially with the C-levels when they come together, or if it's a board of directors that are trying to make a decision on their business, they'll, you know, they'll ask me, they don't want coaching because a lot of them say they don't need coaching. So they'll invite me to come in and do meeting facilitations. And that has, that helps me a lot as well. And, and then of course, the, the coaching just on its own. Now, the Unstoppable Coach family is made up of both new and experienced coaches. But one thing that everybody has in common is they all want to grow their business. So what would you say is your favorite strategy for bringing new clients into your business today? Oh, my favorite marketing strategy, I have to say networking, 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 networking. Right. Because like you said earlier, you know, it's about connecting people. It's about putting ourselves out there. And it does so much more, though. It's not just about going and getting business. We have to be open enough. You know, when I go and I network with people, I have no idea what's going to come out of that. I never go with them thinking, I'm going to get business out of that. No. And what that allows me to do is it allows me to see all the other opportunities. Maybe we can work on a project together. So I don't get all the money, but there's, I get more than that. I get to serve my purpose. I get a little bit of the cake and I get a new associate that I can work with. So for me, that's, that's, that's key. You know, the more people know who I am, the more other coaches or other consultants know what I'm about. And the more they understand mm -hmm. where I'm coming from and what my mission, my purpose is, and I understand theirs, the more we can help each other out. So, you know, that's, that's key. Another thing that works really well is um, presentations. Just go and give a presentation. A lot of people don't know what coaching is. It seems like everyone knows and nobody wants it. Not everybody knows. So educate people and be willing to, you know, just give a complimentary session so that they can feel it, so that they can connect with it. Yes, that's those are all great ideas um, for bringing in new clients. You know, you've already built up uh, a really successful business. What would you say would be an action step that a new coach, that you feel a new coach should take if they're serious about building their business? Or maybe even what would be something that you wish you had done when you were first getting started? I wish I would have sat down and really understand myself and why I wanted to do this from the start. That, you know, that is key. There's got to be purpose behind what we're doing. Otherwise, it just, it's just another action. And who wants to do another action for the sake of doing another action? Yes. This has been a really, really great conversation. I've, I've learned a lot and you've really helped me to see things in a slightly different way than, than maybe what the way I normally look at, at a lot of this. So we're going to finish up with the final five rapid fire question. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Survival. What's one quality that you feel every successful coach should develop? Self-awareness. Recommend one book that's had a big impact on either your business or on your life. Ooh. Oh, just one. Okay. Focus, focus. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say Tuesdays with Maury oh. by Mitch Album. Uh-huh. That's a great one. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. I have to say it's the ICF, the International Coach Federation. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? Um, what social platforms are you on and what's your website? So my website's always up 
and it's um, ayalaconsult.com. Okay. I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn. So Beth Ramos Ayala and you find me there. Um, and I love to connect with people. I'm always looking for new associates that, mm -hmm. that I can work with. If I can't do a job in another country, maybe one of my associates can do it for me. So. Yes, absolutely. And if, if any coaches out there are interested in um, the program that you're, that you're working on with domestic violence survivors, can they contact you and, and express interest in that? Definitely. Oh, that would be great. Imagine how much powerful that would be if, if I would get more ideas from other people or if other people would just ask me questions about it. Oh, that would just be magical. <laughs> Is there a separate website uh, where, you're, where you do that work, where someone could connect with you there? Not at the moment. Um, okay. But if they go to either coachebeth.com, then there's a lot more detail about the Celebrate Your Potential. Wonderful. But you just gave me an idea, Millet. Another thing to do, create, create yes. its own website. Well, add that to your list, right? <laughs> Why not, right? Exactly. Well, Ibeth, this has been an amazing conversation. I just want to thank you so much for agreeing to come on and for speaking with me today. I've really, really enjoyed it. Oh, Milad, thank you so much for reaching out for me and for giving me the opportunity to have another branch of a voice in this in this world. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business. <laughs>